No, I didn't actually attempt. Um, I haven't gotten to that point, I guess. The courage, the strength that it takes to be open and honest about this. Instead of just, you know, blaming myself that he's not here anymore. Uh, I was prepared to shoot myself. Um, and I called my family to sort of say goodbye. To be honest, I was scared reaching out for help because I was like, this could totally ruin my career. Somebody to have a more proactive approach and that he was coming to me to be that person. They had found him and he committed suicide. I just started screaming. I just felt responsible. Hello everyone, I am Timothy Lawson, host and founder of the One Too Many Veteran Suicide Podcast and project today is Tuesday, and I this is a another story episode. Uh, a Marine Corps veteran, Alex Gutierrez, is joining me today to talk about uh, being in a motorcycle accident that uh, that led to physical injuries and how that, on top of his transition out of the Marine Corps, led to some emotional health issues. What's unique about this story compared to other stories that veterans have shared on the show is Alex admits that this is a current issue and that it's something he's currently battling. And in the past, many many veterans feel more comfortable coming forward when their suicidal behavior is a thing of the past, when they've stepped away from it. But Alex is coming while still in his time of need and in a time of concern and is expressing what's going on in his life. I appreciate everybody for sticking around and supporting the project and and taking part of the momentary reflections that I release each Thursday. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you are a veteran with a story of suicidal behavior, if you have a friend or family member who was a veteran who uh, died of suicide, if you are a part of an organization that tries to assist veterans with suicidal behavior, emotional and mental health issues, etc. I'd love to have you here on the show to share your story, your experience, your insight with my audience. O-N-E, the number two, manyproject.com. That's one too manyproject.com is where you can hear the rest of these stories. Here's Alex Gutierrez, Marine Corps veteran, talking about emotional health after a horrible accident. That's good. You uh, how 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 long has it been since your your motorcycle accident? Um, it was in January of last year, so it's been about um, a year and eight months now. Wow. Yeah, and I woke up a month after it happened. So I woke up on actually I woke up on uh, on uh, three days before Valentine's Day, and I got transferred to the VA on Valentine's Day. Man, you were in a coma for a month? Yeah, for a fucking month, man. I was out. Fuck, man. I couldn't, um, I mean, the doctors, everybody didn't know if I was going to be able to walk, talk, if I was ever going to be able to do anything again, because I was just completely out. And um, apparently, um, sometime throughout that, um, in high school, I took sign language classes. And so, since I couldn't speak, since I had a trachea uh, in my throat, and um, they had me um, basically paralyzed, um, or I, I was because of medication and everything. Um, I was sign languaging with my one right hand, and I was like begging for water, and um, they couldn't give me any water because they can't give me any liquids because of the condition I was in. And I don't even remember any of this, um, but they have it recorded. And the only other thing I'd write other than that, it was um, I would tell them I love you in sign language, and the only way I could communicate 
was with my one hand communicate in order to tell them what I wanted or um, that I love them basically like, that was it. or restroom uh, like, it was just basic things but um, that's all I could communicate and that alone like surprised doctors they didn't know what I was doing with my hands but my aunt who um, took sign language courses um, she automatically knew what I was asking and everybody was amazed that I was even able to comprehend that and I don't remember it at all but um, they're very excited about that happening. And, uh, eventually I woke up and, uh, when I woke up, it was all very surprising. I didn't know the setting I was in. I didn't remember everything. What I actually went to was, um, flashback of, uh, being in Algiers. And, uh, I thought I was in Algiers again. And, huh. uh, I thought I was in a hospital in Algiers. And I was freaking out because of the nurses, um, the nurse, uh, it, it, I didn't think they were American or anything like that, and nobody was in the room that I knew, so I was by myself and um, had all these tubes in me, so I was freaking out, and uh, I woke up, and like with the little strength I had, I started pulling out whatever I could on me, because I was just freaking out about where I was at, and I didn't know what had happened, and uh, so he sedated me. And uh, I woke up again, I, I don't know how much longer, but they had my family, my immediate family right there with me as I woke up and uh, allowed me to kind of like know that I was home. And um, even then, they didn't tell me that I was in a motorcycle accident. Um, they just told me, um, no, you're okay, you're fine, mijo, you know, you're all right, you're going to get all right. And I still thought I was in the Marines. I was like, where's my fiance? Where's this? Where's that? And lo and behold, we had been broken up for years, and uh, I didn't know yet. And what had happened is my mom, I guess, kind of being the same grace, uh, just gave me uh, my my cell phone. And uh, I knew my PIN number, and it didn't change. It was actually the same I've always used. And uh, I got into it, and I Googled my name. I Googled Alex Gutierrez, San Antonio, Texas, and you still do it. And you'll find me on Gmail, and I read it through the news article to find out what happened. And as soon as I read it, like, flashbacks of everything came to my head and started reminding me where I was at. And it was, like, one of the hardest times of my life that I ever did because I couldn't move. I mean, I couldn't go to the restaurant. I literally had to spend uh, a month and a half here in Audie Murphy Veteran Affairs in San Antonio uh, learning how to walk again, had to see a speech therapist, had to uh, go through a whole bunch of things. I mean, it was um, anything as simple as even trying to eat your own food wasn't that simple. I mean, they would. I was dying for water, and they couldn't let me have it because they said my throat wasn't good enough, and they didn't want me to choke. And uh, they gave me, like, this liquid water that tasted disgusting, um, or felt disgusting, actually, because... Um, um, since my accident, I haven't been able to smell or taste either. I've, wow. Yeah, I've, I've lost those uh, two functions, so I can't smell or taste anything unless it's, like, super spicy or, like, or something. Like, I'll, I'll get a whiff of something out of nowhere, and I'm, like, really quick to hurry up and service and i hey, hey, what's that smell? It smells like this. And they'll tell me I get very excited because I'm just like, man, hell yeah. I'm like, I could smell that. I want more of that, so... It, it's been a, a crazy ride, you know, and um, it was good coming back and um, 
just, uh, you know, at first I was really happy to be alive and coming back and, uh, it was great. And then I thought that I could move on and do good. So I went back to New York and was sent at NYU and sending class wasn't too hard or anything, but, um, the same thing that got me before living in New York was happening again, where it was just like, um, I didn't have any like the brotherhood or anybody around me to talk to, to be around really. And other than like schoolmates, but none of them understood me or really knew me. And so I only had like one or two people to talk to. So depression got me really bad. And even though I thought I could do things, I just realized myself that I couldn't. So I packed up my things, put everything that I had left a year before into a car that ran out. And I drove all the way back to San Antonio with all my stuff. So I knew the family and, I'm friends, so that way you can at least be able to talk to me. I was getting into really bad depression to the point where I was not in the spot that you want to be. I mean, I remember being in Subway in New York and just being like, man, fuck it, why don't I just jump right here and just end it? Like, why the hell did I even live? Like, why Why is it? Because no matter what, every time I get a step ahead, I get knocked down. And so I come to San Antonio to try to get away from that. And um, it took me a while to get figured out here, and um, I finally found my thing now, which is welding, and I love it because I'm finally able to put the hood down and kind of get down and just, like, get lost in my own thing with the heat and metal and do whatever kind of artwork I want to do. And at the same time, it's really cool because a lot of people who work in the construction field are military, too, so it's how I found, like, my area of, like, being able to relax and Tell, so tell me about, you know, like you said, you were experiencing depression when you were up uh, in New York. Um, you know, where do you, where was that, what what were you depressed about? Like, what did you find yourself uh, sulking about? My uh, my main thing that really hurt me was that uh, um, I felt that I wasn't successful. I felt that I wasn't doing what I needed to do. And I felt lost because, you know, um, when you're going to school, um, all you have is maybe like three or four classes a week and at that it's only maybe an hour and a half for each one and since we're getting paid by gi bill um i i wasn't like really working hard to find a job and even when i was trying to find a job in new york you know it was they're like you have no college education and your military experience we're kind of scared to hire you like because i was applying for security jobs and they're like well we don't want you to escalate something more than it should be and i was like i wouldn't i worked at the embassies i understand how you know there's there's uh levels of how to speak to people and uh even that they're just like yeah but we don't really need somebody like that here so i was struggling with that and i found myself uh in a bar every day and um, I would just go down there and I would drink and had Wi-Fi. So I'd pull out my laptop, I'd work, and that, that'd be where I was at. And everybody knew where to find me, and I, all the bartenders knew me, but that's the only place I could finally feel like I was home. So all I would do is drink and leave and then go home. And even when I go home, I had a girlfriend, but, um, I mean, she was busy doing her own thing too, so you can't have someone around 24-7 and... I was just uh, all lost on my own, always thinking about myself, like, man, you're not doing what you need to do. You're not getting things done right. You weren't, you're not where you used to be. Everybody used to be happy about you. Everybody used to, like, support you. Everybody used to think that you're doing everything right. And now the only thing that you have is that they break, they go to NYU, but 
everything else in your life is like nothing. So it's just like um, you kind of suck moving from all that to everybody just being like, okay, whatever. Like not even like basically nobody really even gave a shit anymore. So it like kind of messed me up, and I couldn't really talk to anybody other than a few vets I met over there, and we would drink and talk and shoot the shit, but. Even after that, it's just like, you know, what are you going to do? Go back to your room by yourself and you, you still have nothing else there. So it is is just um, back into your thoughts. And the only way that I could get good sleep is either by drinking until I fell asleep or, um, you know, staying up for like hours on end and just doing whatever I can to escape my mind, smoke some weed, do whatever I can to just escape um the reality that I was in because of, of boredom or of anything. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I can do. And I just kept deep, getting deeper and deeper. And um, then I ended up taking out other people. Um, I treat them like shit. And then I, I, um, I uh, would always tell them, you know, I'd be like, hey, you know, in order to get fixed this is what you got to do. Like I could tell them exactly how to do it and fix them, and, like, be like, yeah, you got to straighten them. Like, you give great advice, but yet I can never follow my own advice, and even though I know what I need to do, and um, and every setback that I have then, that even when I don't make my own self happy, I just end up being um, so um, disappointed in myself that I don't even want to move forward. I'm just like, you know what, fuck it. I just want to drop my pack in. And just be like, you know what, I'm I'm being a problem to everybody else. Ask for everybody's help. Because, I mean, at least in New York, I had um, my money and everything like that. And now I'm probably more depressed because yeah, I came back and I had family and everything like that. But um, ever since my accident, I've always had to depend on somebody. Now I'm living in the house with my mom. Uh, share a bed with my brother sometimes because it gets that bad. Or um, I just sleep in my car because I don't want to be bothered by anybody. Like, I mean... You know, there's points where you're just like, fuck it. I, I don't want to do it no way. I want to be on my own. But I, I feel more of a problem to everybody else than I help. And what I do, I try to give them some money. And I try to do what I got to do to make ends meet. But, you know, and I just, I, I, I don't feel like I ever do what I myself hold myself to standard that. And um, that really messes me up. And it messes me up now. And, I mean, I drink every day. I... I I know what I need to do, which is, like, go find a counselor and talk to someone, but um, I have that thing with me where I'm like, I know I can do it. I just have to do it, and I can do it myself, and I don't need to talk to anybody. I don't need anybody's help, but that's what I think is my biggest problem, what keeps me here, and um, I end up defeating myself because then I end up getting, like, some money or something, and then I'm like, you know what? Um, let me work on making everybody else happy. I don't ever fix my own issues, so then I just end up in my own depressed state again because I'm still unhappy with myself because I, all that money I spent trying to make everybody else happy, um, I didn't even take care of myself. So then once again, I'm still saying all that money I could spend on building my own house or working on my house or paying for whatever I had to pay for, pay for my medical bills and everything like that, but I'm like, no, I have to get rent here because I'm staying here so I just stay in this circle that just uh doesn't get any better and doesn't let me out so I just I don't even want to you know like 
I don't want to be a part of this. I wish I could get away, but then where am I going to go? And what am I going to do? So, you know, it's it's the point where I'm just like, man, I, like, once again, it's always like, man, why the fuck didn't I just die on the motorcycle? Like, why couldn't it just be easy? Because every day I have to live with the person that passed away on my bike when I was just giving them a ride. They were wearing my helmet and they passed away. I wasn't wearing a helmet and I lived. Like, how is that even fair? And then after all that, I'm still, I don't have anything to show them. Like, you know, I'm good. The only thing I have going good that everybody brags about, whatever, is that I was in the Marines and did embassy duty. And that's the only good thing. And yeah, it's a great thing. It's the best part of my life and something I never, ever want to, like, forget or downgrade because it, it is a really good thing that I did it. But um, when there's no improvement on your life, even when you're done, and all the dreams they had, you know, aren't happening, then, uh, you know, it's it's part of my fault because I just get to a point where I don't really care at all and I just dig myself deeper and uh, I, it's it's a hard thing to get out of and that's where I'm at right now. I mean, I'm still there and I'm just trying to get out, but it's hard and I, I, don't, I, I don't know what to do anymore, like, um, I really don't, and that's the only reason why welding school is the only thing that I have going for me, and it, it it's the only thing that I needed to keep me going because I needed something so I could focus on, and that's why I'm doing welding now. And then even then, you know, I'm doing welding, and then three weeks ago I fucking break my leg. I break my leg, and um, they had to put a metal plate and screws, so I missed school for a week and a half because of surgery and everything and um the school i go to this is a vocational school you can't um they don't allow a certain amount of absences and once you miss a, a certain amount of absences absences uh they just drop you from the course and you have to restart it all over again from the beginning and um just due to my medical problem they uh they don't have any excuses so because of that, now I'm on, like, if I'm two hours shy from now until November, which ain't far, thank God, um, I'll get dropped. But, um, I mean, you know, one day after another, like I told you, so when they told me that, I was like, man, I've been here. I came over here with the broken leg. I mean, I had even had surgery, and I still went over there, and I gave them the paper, and I told them what was happening. And then I went back the day of surgery, and I told them again exactly everything I could. And so I'm keeping them informed the best I can with the VA. And then they also sent the VA a uh, withdrawal slip. So they messed with my pay for that, even though I was doing all that work. And they're like, okay, no, we're still going to help you out. So, I mean, um, they ended up sending the withdrawal. So I didn't get paid. And my pay got wasted two more weeks. And, I mean, I have broken legs. So I'm all sorts of messed up. And I don't even have money. So I'm like, Again, once you're on everybody, I just feel like the lowest piece of shit on earth because I used to be the one that all these people called and asked for help, and I used to be the one to be there and help them out, and I I used to like being the man of my family, you know, being the person, the rock, the solid foundation, and now um, I'm just um, the guy that it's already to the point where they're like, fuck, when are you going to get your stuff together? When are you going to get your life together? And like... I'm like, I'm trying, but if it's not one thing, it's another. And, and so you you said you you haven't sought 
you haven't sought any counseling. No, I haven't. Not yet. What uh, what's what's really holding you back from that? Because I can just I can you know Alex I can tell just from your monologue here you know on uh, in our conversation that you have a lot that you need to talk about and it sounds like you're actually I I hear a sense of relief behind your breath talking about all this stuff you know what's holding you back from seeking any counseling? I think um, the really biggest thing is uh, pride to be honest, which is, um, I, I, I mean, I don't know what to say other than pride. I, I, I want to be able to do it myself, but I, I mean, at this point in life, realizing how everything's been, how everything's gone, um, I've realized I can't do it on myself because I've had to rely on family. I've had to rely on friends and it's becoming to a point where I'm a ha- I need to seek counseling. And that's where I'm at now is I'm, I'm trying to fix my vehicle because I want to go to counseling because I'm afraid that if I don't go to counseling, if I don't go see the therapist or if I don't seek help, that I'm going to end up doing harm to myself. And um, that's what I don't want to do. And, um, you know, it's one of the things you never want to say or even really think about. But, I mean, shit, when your life's already that bad and you, every day that you're, like, hating life or you're just trying to get a, get by, you know, there's you know, you can't help but think about it. Like all the different options that you have, all the different chances you have, you take any little thing in the world and, you know, you finally get done with everything. And I mean, um, but to me, I don't want to do that because that's a very, uh, to me, I look at it as, I don't want, I don't want to take the easy way out. I want to hurry up and work at it. I want to get myself together. I want to, I want to be proud of myself. I want my family to be proud of me. I don't want them to be hurt, and I don't want to be hurt, and I don't want to go out leaving this with my family because I know it would hurt my family very much. I know it would hurt my friends, and, you know, what's the? I know that's what keeps me from it, but then I get so bad. Times I'm like, man, fuck it. Who cares? Who cares? I won't be here anymore. So why would I even matter? Like, what does it matter? They'll figure it out. They'll work their way across. I mean, I've lost people in my life, and I've learned how to keep moving forward, and I keep dwelling on it. And, um, you know, but uh, I um, I want to be here for my family. I want to see my brother and sister grow up. I want I want to help my mom and father out when they're, they can't help themselves out anymore. And, um, I want, I want to be, I want to be that rock again that I used to be, you know? And, um, that's what's keeping me going is the fact that I want to be back to where I used to be and better. And, um, I'm glad I have a, a few people I can talk to that can put me back right in that situation and that mindset and that gets me motivated. And I'm like, yeah, I can do it. But, um, it's hard because, those people ain't there all around and all the time. And, you know, and a lot of people from military, you meet and make a lot of these very close friends they have that you talk to anything about, they're nowhere near you. So it's not like you be like, hey, let's go grab uh, let's go grab a dinner or let's go to the bar and grab a beer and talk. And, like, you know, you don't have that. So all you have is Facebook Messenger, Skype or like you know all these things and yeah they're a little bit of outlets but there's nothing like that personal interaction that you can get um talking to one of those buddies that are going through the same stuff um face to face and you know it's, that that's one of those things that um 
once again, I'm happy to be back around veterans in welding because we shoot the shit, talk, but also get serious. You know, when um, I didn't know how to get school because I didn't have vehicle or anything, um, one of the guys that is a retired colonel from the Army actually helped me out, and he was like, hey, man, I'll pick you up 0630 every morning. You call me, you need a ride, I have you. And just having, like, that bond or that brotherhood um, automatically just makes your day better, you know? Like, you're just like, yeah, thanks, thanks, man. And, um, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I really miss, and it's kind of got me down not having it. I really appreciate you sharing all this, man. I know we've been talking about, you know, having you come share your story um, on One Too Many for a while, and I don't know, you know, going into it, I'm sure you expected to talk about some things, maybe didn't expect to talk about other things, but I really appreciate you opening up and just sort of letting it all out. Yeah, uh, like I told you, man, I've been keeping a lot of stuff in, and like I told you, man, I didn't always be happy. I've already guaranteed I'd tell you some of the stuff, but um, you're... You're a good friend of me. I mean, we've been through times together. We, we, we've seen each other. Like we're friends, and um, I know I'm not the only one going through this. And it's easier opening up to you, who's uh, someone that I know that I've served with and I've been with, and I've joked around with you. So it's easier to talk to you because you are a friend and you're a brother, and so it's easier to say it. But yeah, it's something that I've been definitely need to get off my chest and. Uh, I mean, I replayed in my head all day, and I, I think about it, and that's the only reason why I'm like, man, I got to keep going forward. I got to keep going forward because I get down and dirty, and, um, man, you know, sometimes you just got to – the only way you get through it is by uh, thinking about the positive that you can get. And um, when you think about that goal is how to get there, and, you know, you got to take baby steps. You can't just expect the world change overnight, so – that's been my biggest problem is um, wanting to make everything happen so fast. And you just got to slow it down sometimes. And, you know, Absolutely. that's the only way you do it. So what, uh, you know, now that, you know, I, I know when I, when I talk a lot, when I say things, when I'm expressing myself, I'm figuring things out as I'm doing that. I'm learning a lot more about how I feel about things and what direction I may want to take things. And, you know, a lot of realizations take place. After just the past 20 minutes of us talking, you know, what have you learned anything about yourself and, and how you feel about all this? Yeah, it's, uh, even just right now, you know, it's um, it's uh, it's good just to let it out because I'm like, man, that's exactly what I need to do. And it's good just to, to have it out there, you know, because this is stuff that's always going through my head and I have no one to talk to. So even just saying it out loud and... Um, having that realization of just like, that's what I do. You know, even right now, just talking to you, even though I've been over here running my trap, um, I've been having, you know, just, I, now I have a lot more motivation and a little bit more courage. And it's something different than, um, you know, not talking about just seeing it only in your head and you see other people and you see how they react to you. So you don't even want to say it. But, you know, I was honestly worried about even talking to you about this because I was like, man, uh, I'm probably going to be in tears. I'm probably going to be sad. I'm probably going to be, you know, not able to speak right because, like I said, I have a slur in my speech. I was very worried. And, um, you know, uh, just talking to you and knowing that um, it hasn't done that to me, it hasn't broken me down, that I can do a lot more. And um, 
it's just the thing that I need to do is get out there and say it or talk to people or just just do it, you know what I mean? And realize it and not try to hit that big, exactly what I said earlier, I got to take baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps. And um, that's my biggest thing is I don't like baby steps. You know, you know, Marines, we fucking love to go hard. So we're just like, I want it all. I want it all. But, um, you know, I got to slow down. And that's my biggest thing that I need to do. And that's probably the biggest realization I've ever Yeah, absolutely. Alex, I'm I. Uh, this will be the first time I I really do this, but I'm I'm going to invite you to come back on the show in about three months. All right. And we'll and we'll see how you feel then. We'll see what kind of steps you've taken and what baby steps you've taken. And I think you'll realize that once you take a few baby steps, that the bigger steps are easier to take because they're a little bit more guided and there's a little bit more context to them. And you know, I, I think it'd be good for you, myself, and the audience to see what sort of progression you're making. Because a lot of a lot of the guests that I have on the show talk about what has happened. You know, like when when they when they were experiencing suicidal behavior, when they did attempt suicide, and it was very past tense. But it sounds like a lot of your challenges are still very much present tense. And so, um, you know, I think you, I really appreciate you be, you being able to open up and share these feelings and in three months i'd love to have you back on and, and talk about where you're at then that sounds great in uh, about three months hopefully i should uh i should uh be close to graduating my welding um class and getting ready to get a job so that sounds like a perfect time and a good motivated time yeah absolutely absolutely i hope uh I hope to be able to do that. Alex, is there anything, you know, a lot, a lot of times when guests come on the show, they have an idea of what they may want to say, what they may want to talk about. Is there anything that you that you want to share that maybe we haven't touched on yet today? Not really. I mean, the biggest thing is when you're going through the hardest parts of your life, just baby steps, you know. That's my biggest thing. That's the biggest thing I've learned. Not Don't try to tell you all at once. Don't get overwhelmed. Um, look at the small thing that you can't take care of and get that. And then move up from there. Thank you.